<laughs> Welcome everybody to Wolf Sheep. I am Luis Cavedo. And I'm Matthew Walker. And I'm Adam Parker. And Adam, we might have to sit in more frequently. Hey. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, this week's topic, we have uh, one that, one from my list, uh, and Matthew picked it. Um, this one's kind of been a long time coming, because I, I think we've had plenty of discussions about this or not plenty of discussions, because we actually haven't gone into depth about it. We were supposed to do it with John, and John uh, canceled on us, so we changed the topic. Oh, okay. Yeah, but... Um, well, it's yeah. uh, it's my discomfort or hesitation or misunderstanding of physical touch or interaction. Na- um, namely, the all-powerful hug. Right. Well, yeah, but <laughs> well, that that was that was originally what was written down on the notes was right. Sorry, was the, yeah, I'm not a hugger. Sorry, but, I'm not a hugger. Yeah. And that's why it's named Stavi Three too, in honor of my wife Gina, because it's her her favorite movie. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, not Stavi Three, but what? Well, let's move on. Okay. All right. Uh, were your parents fairly physically doting on you, or not? Uh, I think mine were as a younger child. Yeah. When like, were... Yeah, like when I was a little kid, I kissed my parents on the lips, like when I was a little kid, and I hugged them, and yeah. So I think, yeah, we were physically affectionate. Yeah. Okay. More yeah. like, not just like pat on the head, but like, okay, come here, son. Yeah, I'm not a dog. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> good job. Behind the good ears. job, Fido. <laughs> I used to love it when my dad would scratch me behind the ear. <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. No, it, it was more of like a physical touch and a hug. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What about you, Heifer? Oh, yeah. We we're really affectionate. Yeah. Okay. Lots of loving in my family. From both sides? Yeah. I, I mean, definitely more from my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, but, my, you know, my dad, my dad was pretty good about it, too. I mean, it was a little... It was a little less, I think, when I um, when I became a teenager. Of course, I didn't really want to touch him at that point. Mm-hmm. I didn't like him. Um, I didn't like anybody. You know, hated the world. No, I'm but, right there with him. Uh, I mean, even but even here, you know, in in my adult life, um, we're pretty affectionate. You know, like uh, there's uh, there's days if I'm having a bad day, I'll go sit on his lap and just you know let him love me. Because mm-hmm. sometimes that's what I need. Yeah, but he's he's really good about it. Uh, yeah, I I've grew up with just my mom because mm-hmm. it was you know they were divorced at that point, and I didn't see my dad terribly frequently. But uh, yeah, my mom was very physically doting. She was uh, you know always hugging, you know kissing me on the head or on mm-hmm. the fore- you know forehead right. or the cheek or whatever. Um, sometimes it was a little stifling to me because I was. I think naturally resistant to it. Mm-hmm. I have some ideas of why, but like I just didn't. Sure, yeah, it's like my mom wants to give me a hug. Okay, that's great, but right. you know, some kids start to like fight that. It's like, oh, all right, all right, all right, get off of me. Like that was kind of how, how I was right. with my dad. With the few interactions that we had, mm-hmm. it was it was always more of like. A, Put it there from my part. Right. I don't know. Because it, it was a little bit awkward right. sometimes, especially when I got older and we met 
and we would see each other. It was like, do I go in for the hug or do I go oh, in for yeah. the handshake kind of deal? Yeah, I can imagine like, that would uh, be awkward. And it, it was actually kind of difficult. I remember one time, I was like, what do I call you? Do I call you Louis Senior or do I call you Dad? Or? <laughs> it's not like you're meeting the, the queen. <laughs> no, but it was, you know. I just, you weren't sure what to call him? I wanted to be respectful, but also it was still kind of. Huh. There was a disconnect there. Because so. you're still family, but it's not like you have that that bond. Right. I didn't see him every day. Right. You know, and sometimes it was long periods of time that would go by in between right. seeing each other. So. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, was the culture or community in which you grew up in physical as well, in terms of greetings, etc.? Like being from Puerto Rico. Yeah. Um, when you greet family aunts you know cousins etc it's like either you know the hug and the kiss not mm-hmm. the not the italian style like that you know double right. kiss kind of deal but it was always like you greet your aunt your mom or everybody with a with a hug and a kiss on the cheek right and even like i would remember later on in middle school or not middle school junior high like the guys would meet the f- female friends that they had and it was like a kiss on the cheek. And I remember I, one, I saw that at junior high. I think one of my first days at junior high. I'm like, oh, shoot. We got to do this here too. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't mind doing it with my aunt and my cousin or whatever. But it's like, I don't, I don't, I'm not really looking to put my cheeks on anybody's faces anymore. Right. Is it because of germs? No, it wasn't. I wasn't being a germaphobe. Bad breath? No, it wasn't that either. <laughs> I just, it's like, hmm. I, I don't want to give them a hug. I, you know, put her there, pal. You know, give me a handshake or whatever. But yeah, John Wayne style. Yeah, give me a handshake. Yeah, I mean, you we'll can't do that to together. the girls, but you know, <laughs> what's wrong with a hello, hi, greeting? <laughs> hello keeps distance between you and me, so yeah. I make sure that no germs are transferred. <laughs> I guess I'm kind of Jerry Seinfeld about this. There was an episode about how he didn't like the whole kind of greeting. Oh, the kiss. Yeah. Yeah. A hello, kiss. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Well, what about you guys? Did that happen, like in Oklahoma, or you're up in the Carolina? North Carolina? Yeah, in North Carolina, right? I mean, Southern culture is pretty affectionate, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I mean, even more so in like church culture. Um, I mean, every we everything we did revolved around the church or the family, mm-hmm. you know, outside of school, which school always sucked, but. Um, yeah, culture up there was um, very affectionate. I always greeted with a hug and said goodbye with a hug or a kiss or, you know, I mean, it was almost, I mean, it's, it kind of feels like it was expected, you know? Right. Like, it's just, yeah, yeah, it's just, it's just a, how it is. It's just a natural part of yeah. the culture, which is the way it is back home in Puerto Rico, too. I was, I guess I was just the odd duck in the group. You're the weird one. Yeah. You, Matthew? Uh, we, I think we hugged. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm like you threw in culture or community and we were just people, you know, right. like I don't think of them as culture or community. I just think of a small town, the small town demographic, you know, um, yeah, I think hugs, nobody ever kissed. Like, I mean, unless it was family and I don't remember kissing anybody but grandma and mom and dad, but I wasn't, I wasn't affectionate with my dad's parents because they were just like total like weird Norman Rockwell family, like but the bad Norman Rockwell from the farm kind of thing, you know. So like, 
So not you didn't want to get too close. Yeah. You were hugging a painting. And not yeah, yeah, they were very stiff. And, and, like, my grandfather was affectionate, but my grandmother, I just, I don't know much about her emotional life, so, other than she was afraid of scorpions, um, which has nothing to do with physical touch. Um, hmm. But anyway, yeah. Okay. What was your first hug, first kiss, and were they awkward? First hug, first kiss, were they awkward? <laughs> I don't remember, uh, like, the first hug. Like, I read first kiss, and I was like, my thoughts went to, like, my first romantic kiss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that count? Right, no, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously we all kissed right. your mom. You, you right. kissed your, your grandma or whatever. You got to kiss goodnight, but... I'm talking like outside of the parameters of family. Yeah. Like a sure a romantic kiss is fine or mm. Well, mine mm-hmm. was with a little girl from church. Her name was Ashley. God. Um we were out on a camping trip and we snuck off into the woods and we were playing in the creek and then, you know, she just came and laid one on me and I was like well, this is new <laughs> well I don't know if I like this um, but it was it was weird it was definitely weird I think I mean and I think a lot of people's first kiss is weird just because it's it's something you're not used to I mean you're putting your mouth on someone else's and like how, how does that work you right. know I mean if it's your first one like you don't know how to position yourself and where to put things and what what do you do with your hands when all that's going on you know <laughs> i'm just gonna <laughs> raise my hands over my head so i remember to breathe <laughs> shout out to philip hey, philip. Uh, <laughs> um yeah oh gosh I, I think my the first kiss i remember was a drunken kiss with a girl from church <laughs> we weren't drunk at church you know we didn't get into the communion wine or anything but no like i think it was i think that was the first one i remember but as far as the first hug i i don't know oh you know I, what i do remember like it wasn't even a hug mm-hmm. it wasn't even a kiss there was this girl on the bus i'm not going to say her name because her name is so specific that people would know who it is but we were on the way back from either a track meet or a band thing but we didn't have instruments, so it must have been a track meet. Um, but, like, I remember, like, reaching over the bus seat or beside the bus seat, and her hand was there, and she held my hand, and we just, like, caressed each other's hands mm-hmm. for the whole trip. And then, like, I don't remember talking about it. I don't remember anything. It just out of the blue? It or? just out of the blue. It happened, like, and that's as far as it went. We weren't in a relationship. We weren't dating, but it was like we were both, like, Jew... Uh, junior high and i remember that and I remember thinking this is kind of cool but that's as far as it went hmm. yeah man uh, these podcasts I, are digging up no, I memories I well i you know i asked for that for embarrassing the reasons idea, not, not, <laughs> well that too but you know just the idea of you backtrack things and you get a timeline of how do things develop right like for me <laughs> the first hug i can Sure, I gave a lot of people hugs. But you didn't mean it, so it didn't mean much. It's not. You <laughs> see, you're making me sound like a butthole, but no, that's the. Like a hug that came naturally. Yeah. And that was like, okay, I'm ready to give a hug. Mm-hmm. Like that didn't happen until high school. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. 
that doesn't mean I didn't give other people hugs, but I remember like the first meaningful hug that I gave was in high school. And it was like, okay, you know what? I'm ready to give that embrace. But even before then, like when I was in maybe, mm, I'm going to say about fifth, sixth grade, I found myself in a situation where I was hanging out with somebody. I, had, I took my brother out that day to grab lunch. And I happened to just have him hanging out in the play area. Somebody else was there with their sister, and they were doing that same thing, watching their brother. And we got to hanging out and playing around and whatever. And I remember we were secluded at one point, and she turned to me and she said, You want a kiss? And oh, I just, wow. I went, Huh? <laughs> I was like, What? We just met. What's wrong with you? <laughs> it's like, No, it's not right. This. No, it's not right. You know, there's there's a, there's a step in the process to this. You can't just jump out and say that. What's wrong with you? And I I think she was taken aback by it. Wow. Okay. And it, but it, to me it was like, really, we're gonna jump to there? It just it's not right. At least hold my hand. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What's the old What's the old joke? Uh, at least buy me dinner first, or, or right. Whatever, but, well, that's for other things. But correct. Anyway, but since we're yeah. Right. Okay. But like my first kiss. Yeah. Actually, it didn't happen until my wife. Really? Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, we... Uh... Wow. Yeah. This podcast should be called The Virgin and Two Sluts. <laughs> hey. No, no. It's... Not for a long time. <laughs> and only for uh, a season. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I, But I respect things like that because, like, I... Like, the, like for me, it was just, like, physical affection was just, like, a... A Kleenex box. Mm-hmm. Right. Give it to anybody mm-hmm. because I needed it, or I, I felt comfortable with it, or yeah. I didn't have that moral conviction about it. You know. No, and I don't think it was yeah. moral conviction on my part, although that may have had something to do yeah. with it. But to me, it was like a force field was always up, and it's like you can't cross that boundary. Ah, uh, okay. It's Personal up space there for, yeah. a, for a reason, and you, you're not supposed to go past it huh. unless I give you permission to do so. Wow. Like even our f- first kiss, which was you know pretty tame kiss I th- it was after Gina had done one of her uh, ballet performances mm-hmm. and I had flowers for her after and she came over and I thought I thought she was going in for you know a kiss oh no she was just going in for a hug I went for the kiss <laughs> and I saw her face and I'm like oh and she's oh okay oh, alright yeah alright <laughs> we'll keep going through this but you know that was even that was still awkward because well that would make my, a perfect perfect movie scene yeah, <laughs> yeah. and now we just pat each other on the back when we see each other no that's a joke that's just, just a joke that's just a joke and uh, that, that reminded me when you were talking about um something that happened when i was a kid i was in school in elementary school and my best friend was this um chubby little black boy named Trey and um, at that point I was I was affectionate with you know everybody I cared about and he was my best friend you know mm-hmm. like sat close to each other at lunch we were you know anytime in between classes we were hanging out you know PE we were always like the ones walking the track instead of running mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, one day I can god I'm can visualize that we were walking from there was like a little awning that connected the gym to um 
the classrooms. We were walking from the classrooms to the gym. We were holding hands. Mm-hmm. And um, I got picked on so much after that. Like, all, I mean, everybody, they gave us hell, you know? And mm-hmm. it, I think that started, I mean, that started horrible career in school to come for years and never ended until my mom pulled us out and started homeschooling us but I think that really like skewed my vision of like you know what um, male touch is supposed to look like Mm -hmm. you know and and from then on like outside of my family like I didn't think it was okay to be affectionate with men at all right so like yeah like i still you know me and my dad were still cool when when he was around Mm -hmm. um like uncles and stuff that would be okay but outside of the family like in my brain it was a Mm no-go you know like you just don't do that and that's almost in a way kind of um taught behavior yeah in in you know american culture because i i think of um like back home, guys, we don't. It's a, it's a, it's a shake of the hands. That's it. Right. And even like a brotherly hug, you don't see that happen very often. Right. If at all. Yeah. But then I remember reading. I read um, biography of uh, Mick Foley, the the wrestler, mankind. Mm-hmm. You probably know him better as mankind. He had the big mask and. Oh yeah. Mr. Sacco. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. He traveled to. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember what country <laughs> in Africa. Yeah. But in the culture there, if you're friends, guy and guy, girl and girl and girl, girl and guy, it doesn't matter. They'll, if you're walking down the street, you know, you guys hold hands. Mm-hmm. And that happened with him with somebody there. He went like, what? And he recoiled, and then he, like, looked around, and he noticed that other people were doing it. Right. And he says, does everybody do it here this this way here? And he's like, yeah, this is just a sign of friendship. It's like, oh, okay. Well, he grabbed his hand. Mm-hmm. from there but we're almost taught to okay that's no go yeah I I, I went on a mission trip uh, back in 2013 and um, there was like a week long training camp before we left and um, during the training camp they you know gave us you know small lessons on the different cultures that we would experience and uh, one of the cultures that they taught about was African culture and um the the lesson for that day was physical touch between men mm-hmm. and so they had um the guys from each uh each squad they had to walk around holding hands all day mm-hmm. and it was it was really weird for some of the guys at this point you know i had already come out of the gay lifestyle and it was like you know i was i was a little starved for you know physical touch from other men so i i ate it up ate it yeah. up mm-hmm. but then you know at, we actually got on the trip and, 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 you know, being, I spent most of that time in Asia and the rest of the world, like men have no hangups about showing affection to their, their friends, mm-hmm. you know, like it is, it's not uncommon at all to walk down the street and see, you know, a guy hanging over on his friend or, or have his hand on his thigh and it's not um, sexualized at all mm-hmm. they, like the, your head their head doesn't even go there right and, and here you see that and you automatically assume you know all oh, they're they're together 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, just different cultures, I guess. Yeah, so. I mean the the culture, <clears throat> the culture I grew up in, obviously in Oklahoma. I had a really close friend and who was a guy, and we were always teased because you know I was raised kind of primarily by a woman, so I was feminine, you know, and I don't I don't necessarily believe that I was gay at that time, but I was taught how to be a human through the eyes of a woman. And a broken woman at that, you know, and she was bipolar as well. So, um, so I learned all of her behaviors. I learned like survival through watching her and like the, you know, there were, unless you played football or unless you, you know, played basketball, like you weren't touching other men, you know, you know, and that would be the only, uh, legal excuse, um, in that culture (laughs) to touch somebody. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so, yeah. I, I think it generates, I think that generated for me like this deficit of physical touch so that when somebody was willing to touch me, it didn't matter that, you know, when another man was willing to touch me, it didn't matter that that physical touch came with sex because I was willing to pay it because I was so t- so starved mm-hmm. for physical affection, you know? Yeah. What's your level of comfort with uh, physical interactions with others? Do you need it? Or repel it? I need it. You know, I don't repel it unless they don't wear deodorant, you know, and then that, or have bad breath. And mm-hmm. then I put a sho- hand on their shoulder and extend my elbow. <laughs> I do. I, sometimes I pray for people at church with an extended elbow. I'm like, oh, we, get, we need gum over here. We need the Holy Spirit, but we definitely need Trident. Yeah, please. <laughs> you can't say that because no. No, I'm going to keep on. <laughs> No, I, I I definitely don't repel it, but it's, I think for me, there's always something in the back of my head wondering if, you know, what other people think about a hug or whatever. There's this one guy at church that always, he's, he's never struggled with homosexuality, he's a straight guy, but he always hugs, you know, and like, mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. There's nothing translating other to any part of my body other than my heart, you know, for the relationship, but then there are those people that... Like the, the the straight guy, shake your hands and squish your arms in between you as you hug. Mm-hmm. So there's a physical barrier. I just think that's the most ridiculous thing. I don't get it. You either shake hands or you hug. Don't do a hybrid. Because <laughs> the hybrid ends up like squishing two arms in between you and it's just awkward. Mm-hmm. And then they do the three pat release. Right. Dun, 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 let go, you know. Tap mm-hmm. out. Tap out, yeah. So I, anytime somebody goes for the handshake thing, I just do a handshake because I'm like, you're not getting both. Right. Yeah, it's awkward. No, you do that to me because sometimes I'll come in for that handshake and you're like, "Yeah, you, you I like to push your hands out of the way because we right, know right, each right, other. I'm sorry, I'm we sorry. know each other. I know. It's yeah. just learned behavior. I'm sorry. What uh, about okay? What about y'all? For, go ahead. Your level of comfort with physical interactions. Need um, it? Repel it? Abhor it? <laughs> I I don't. <laughs> I don't need it. <laughs> yeah. No, I. You don't need it at all. Um, Here we go. I'm trying to think of like times where I've been comfortable with having anybody else touch me before, you know, my wife or anybody. Right. But um, like my sister, and sometimes my mom would like uh, massage your head, you know, mm-hmm. your scalp, like you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not that I'm a dog, but it's like, oh, okay, this feels good. <laughs> oh, know? that's nice. Like that's that's the one kind of thing that I can look back on. It's like, okay, that feels that feels alright. Yeah, tolerable. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, it's. Mm-mm. 
So you, what, what if like somebody bought you a massage? No, I'm not. I no. No, you'd say no. <laughs> not interested? No. Well, if they buy it for you, like, give it to okay. me. Okay. I'll take it. I remember the first time I ever got a massage was in high school. Yeah. And um, it was a girl named Wendy. We were friends, and she used to always sit behind me. Raymond would sit to my left, and somebody else was on the right. Or somebody else was on the left. And uh, and we were just hanging out one day. And in a friendly manner, because we had no romantic interest in each other, she mm-hmm. just reached out and started to, you know. So no kiss on, on the playground, but a massage in math is Well, okay. the the initial reaction was like. <laughs> Only you tensed up? Tensed yeah. up. And I was like, ah. and she was like, why are you so tense? It's like, I don't know who I am this way at all times. This is you know, which like, probably made her massage even right, harder. She, just, she starts kneading even harder. <laughs> like, what the hell are you doing? And I just went around and go like, this actually doesn't feel bad, but I... It, I can't. Not, I can't do it. Sorry. Does not compute. Right. So even if it feels good, I just... There's just, just a level of discomfort. Of, okay. I, I don't... I'll tell you what I think it is in a, in a minute, but I, I don't, I don't oh, crave so it. Oh, so you're building suspense. No, because I, I think it's going to be kind of uh, offensive. What oh, I think okay. All my right. reason for my lack All right. of need for physical touches. All right. So, Adam, what about you? What's the question? I know I asked that a lot. Do you welcome or repel physical touch from others? Um, or are you comfortable with it, I guess? I th- yeah, I'm comfortable with it. I need it. Like, God. That's one of my primary love languages. You know, mm-hmm. like, that's how I show affection. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, gifts are great, too. Y'all that are listening, I like money. <laughs> <laughs> but my, I think my primary love language is touch, so I need it. And, and yep. if, I, if, if I had to go without it, um, I would make bad decisions, mm. you know, because that, that's just not one of those things that I can live without. And if I can't get it from you, then I'll go get it from somebody that'll give it to you you know yeah no i agreed i'm the same way i think this conversation is important to have for especially like for me because i understand your views or not your views but rather your almost like human settings right yeah of like we need this and i i I'm part of this. I'm part of this society. I'm part of this world. I'm part of this group. And I, I ladies and to, gentlemen, you heard it confirmed here. Lewis is not from another planet. Right. <laughs> I just, I have to remember to participate too. I guess, like in right. You know how how important is a hug to somebody? Yeah. And it's like, well, you have to. Well, give because it. especially because here's the deal: like, hugs can be sort of a an affirmation. Right. I used to have a guy that would live here at the house and he like I would have to be gone for like three weeks and then I got like a side Baptist hug you know mm-hmm. like if I got that at all and like I just thought like he thought you know he was a guy that never struggled with homosexuality but he struggled with heterosexuality so I just thought he was 
he was scared to touch me or scared to be near me or scared whatever but it it was his own issues with touch that were translating to me as an issue with oh he has a problem with me mm-hmm. and so you know not that you have to give out hugs to make other people feel good but i think it is a it's an affirmation of of friendship of closeness you know mm-hmm. i i had this girl at first baptist when i first moved here um she was needy and she would always seek me out and she goes where's my hug and one day I just put her on hug strike, and I was like, they're not yours. They're mine to give. So we will not be hugging any longer. And there are people I don't hug because I feel my soul being pulled out when they mm-hmm. hug me. you know. But then yeah. there are people that you know they're not in there for the wrong reasons. And it sounds silly that a hug would make me feel that way, but you know when you're being like when you're being hugged by somebody – Mm-hmm. And and it's unhealthy. And it's unhealthy. Yeah, it's the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. That's the, yeah. Yes. Okay. So yeah, I've been there. Somebody comes up and they they're like, hey, you know, you owe them. Yeah. That and and, and you can f- <laughs> you can feel whatever <laughs> they're carrying. Yeah. Is like trying to suck the life right out of you mm-hmm. through that hug. They're like, uh, uh-uh, don't yeah. touch me. Yeah. Go hug your mama. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> So yeah, that and, and the reason I said all that is like they're like you're like you're not hugging somebody or not shaking their hand or not like initializing contact with them could be assigned to them. And it's not, hey, you need to do this because other people need you, but it but it's one of the realities of like pulling away from physical touch or pulling away from like a connection in relationship. Right. It may translate something to somebody else, but but I'm honest about it either way. You know. If, well, because there was another girl that would hug me two and three times. She'd leave once and come back and hug again. And by like the second time, one time, I'm like, you already got your hug. And I, I'm <laughs> sorry I'm having to dispense them, but you're just wanting to touch me. Mm-hmm. If you want to touch me, give me a massage. You know, mm-hmm. let's, get, let's both get something out of it. <laughs> With the pizza at the end. <laughs> With the pizza, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> no, uh, I just – I don't want to be insulting either. I don't want to be um, rude. Like, we will go to church Sunday yeah. morning. Yeah. We'll walk in. Greeters are there. Yeah. Some greeters you know better than others. Yeah. We're walking up, and Gary and Myrna are there. Yeah. And Gary, I'll shake Gary's hand. Yeah. Gina gives Myrna a hug. And sometimes I give Myrna a hug, but most of the time it's like, I'm waiting for it. Am I supposed to see if you have to give a hug up to people? Like, am I, I going to do it? Am I going to do it? Nope. Keep walking. Okay. <laughs> yes. I don't have to hug nobody. And but I'm not trying to be insulting either because I'm no. I'm waiting for the other two initial lines. If they uh, initialize, okay. okay, all right, that's fine. Let's go for it. But hmm. I'm not going to initialize. Right, right. Most of the time. Yeah. I will. Yeah. I will I, too. I mean, yeah. sometimes it it I try to gauge people's um, I don't know, energy. I guess is the best word mm-hmm. for it. You know, to see. And and sometimes I mean even meeting strangers I'd be like no, I hug, you know mm-hmm. I, don't, yeah. I don't do the whole handshake thing but like, you know some people you can tell like they don't want to they don't want to be touched. A hug technically is more hygienic. <laughs> right. It than is. Than a handshake. I'm just saying. It if is. If you're one of those people. But some people just like that. That's the that that's less touch. You know. Yeah. Your it hand. keeps it keeps a distance between you and the other person. It keeps them. Right. You know. But I I think meeting you, Lewis, actually. Because I don't want to be the person who's like a hug, a hug terrorist, you know. You're not. But meeting somebody like you shows me there are people out there that 
they may not want it, they may not need it, they may have a problem with it. So I can't go around and just hugging indiscriminately. You got to read the situation. Yeah. You got to treat everybody with respect. You know, right? Because well, who knows what their history is with correct. it? Correct. You know. Well, you and I, I think, come at it from the two kind of different ends of the spectrum. Yeah. You being somebody who's ready to hand out a hug and love on somebody because right. you suspect that they may need it. Yeah. I'm more from. I that I even have that run through my mind, even when I find myself in a situation where man, this person probably needs a hug. I don't do it almost based on I don't know their history. Yeah. I don't know what the reaction is going to be there because some people don't like to be touched for awful reasons mm-hmm. because right. they just right. they're not comfortable because yep. of things that have happened in the past. Mm-hmm. But you know, I just there's a happy medium somewhere in there. Well, I, I think with a lot of the guys that I minister to who have walked out of homosexuality, if they're not getting healthy touch here, mm-hmm. they're going to find touch somewhere. And and I don't want to, I don't set up hug therapy sessions, you know. Um, but there are people that sometimes when I'm ministering to these guys, I'll hold their hands or mm-hmm. I'll hug them or or whatever. But it's like God has God has shown me different times what what level of affection I'm supposed to give, how I'm supposed to give it, and and. God is always at the center of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's different with with each guy. Yeah. I mean, especially ones that have walked out of <clears throat> homosexuality because everybody's in a different stage of that journey. And, you know, it, it the the level of, you know, need for physical touch is different for all of us. Mm-hmm. And it can be, I mean, if you go about it the wrong way, it can be, you know, dangerous for you and them. Right. But it can also be you know one of the most healing things that they're able to receive from you it can be an anchor yeah mm-hmm. you know yeah for sure uh why do you think you are open or closed to physical interactions or embraces i know how much i need affirmation and connection with people so mm-hmm. if i see somebody that needs that as well then you know i'm going to be the first to to understand and have compassion on them, you know, and just I mean, sometimes stuff can be solved with a hug. Mm-hmm. You know, the, 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 there are times that I've hugged people at conferences and they just break down mm-hmm. because they've been holding themselves up this whole time and then they finally have a place where they feel like they can just dissolve, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, that's sometimes what happens, you know. Like I, I, <laughs> I was one of the prayer counselors at, at Exodus that would get – in trouble because when people come up I'd hug them and just hold them for a little bit mm-hmm. and they're like you can't do that for people and I'm like well then fire me <laughs> because this kid there was a kid that came up and, and I talked to him earlier but when he came up he just melted and I just sat there and held him while he cried and I had another prayer counselor standing by you know with me but there was nothing seedy or nothing sexual about it it's this kid needed somebody to just just help him out for mm-hmm. a second and show him that he mattered and show him that it, you know God can take over from here you don't have to keep exhausting yourself daily and trying to do life on your own and we care about you you know right yeah so, no sometimes it's just better to have a shoulder to cry on than to just go it is, to your own corner you know and and I see I think that's the other thing it's like ladies can do it all the time mm-hmm. but the minute 
a, a man hugging another man better have, have a good damn reason. Mm-hmm. He better have lost his dog and his pickup truck, you know, and went through the whole country song before he's allowed to cry or be held by another man, mm-hmm. you know, or he's gay. And that, and I think that's another thing that bothers me. It's like in this country, the only time it's susceptible for another man to touch another man is if they're gay. I mean, and the Christians still have a problem with it, but that's the only time it's legal for men to hold hands or whatever. And it's like. You know, there are times that I think the gay community has the whole touching thing down, whereas the rest of us are so afraid of being thought of whatever, you know? Well, because it, at least they're aware of their need for it, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I, I, and I think, I, I, I think a lot more men need it. They're just unaware of it, you know? Yeah. And, and they, they have to, you know get that need met in other ways or they try to meet it in other ways and it doesn't meet it well it's still yeah i mean it and i mean it and gay men meet that need in unhealthy ways i think you know straight men meet the need in unhealthy ways as well you know Mm -hmm. there's there's a there's a good and a right way to do it and most of us just haven't figured out how to do it yet Mm -hmm. you know and and i think that's uh, largely you know due to the culture we live in yeah right we all just need to move to Africa and hold hands. Yay! Right. All right. So this is <laughs> this is the one that might get me in trouble. Uh oh. Oh, hold on. Let me let me see it. Go. What? I oh, need okay. to open the notes. No, no, not a question, but rather my answer to the question, which is why I think I've got my own hesitations about it, and uh, I I've you know there's a problem I guess with self-diagnosing yourself. Uh-huh. But I've always kind of suspected I'm somewhere <laughs> I know and I know it doesn't exist anymore now, but on the Asperger's uh, really? spectrum. Really? Okay. Yeah. You are? Oh. I thought you were special. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No, think... I I just I've never been diagnosed of it. Right. In fact I've never had anybody else say it. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I you know, you just sit there and you don't. You can't look at yourself, but you look at your timeline, yeah. your life as it's gone along. Right. And you start putting things together, and it's like, oh, holy crap! You know, mm-hmm. is that is that what it is? Mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z adds up to this. Well, and I, I'm going to jump here and probably get in a lot of trouble, but I don't think we have to slap a label on something. I don't think a bunch of these kids are ADD. I think they have crappy parents. You know, I don't think. I think with all these labels that are going around. It's never okay to say, you know, I had a bad childhood, or it's never okay to place the blame on somebody else just for diagnostic purposes, right. and then you figure out with therapy or whatever how to get out of it. But what if it wasn't? Um, what if it wasn't Asperger's, and what if it was just the way you were raised, and and all of the causative factors coming in from nurture, you know? No, it could be. I mean, in my case, I don't see it that way because my mom yeah. like was very doting. She was very doting physically, and she would hug right. me and all that. And I could say, "Oh yeah, well, you know, what's the Austin Powers song? Daddy wasn't there, you know. Daddy <laughs> yeah, but didn't there's, care." But there's two sides to that. She mm-hmm. may have been that, but if you're not willingly receptive to that, mm-hmm. and the fact that your dad was missing and all that, that's right. a huge causative factor for this stuff, you know, sure. for something being out of. So I you. I'm not saying you can't, like, say you might be on the Asperger scale, but I think sometimes there's a simpler, diagnose, simpler diagnosis mm-hmm. of 
what was there rather than pulling a label out of the sky and because like every label now has a bumper sticker and i just right you know i i I think there's some things that just aren't what they are but doctors have said well this is what it is so they can treat it quickly Mm -hmm. you know nobody wants long-term care anymore yeah i just that's my own kind of analysis whether it's right or wrong i don't know right and i don't use it as a shield either it's not my excuse yeah i'm not gonna Oh, oh well, hold my no, hands up I know I you're not. I, I'm I, just, I, I think there's, I think there's some ways that when we figure out how simple it is, then the the fix for it is not, it's not easy, but it's simple, you know. Right. What about you, Adam? You got anything? Um, where, where, where as far we? as uh, why you are the way you are about physical interaction? Why am I the way I am? That's a loaded question. <laughs> Um, about physical interactions. Right. Um, why am I open? I think... I mean, I think it's probably just the way I grew up. And then, you know, um, learning through life that that's something that I need. You know, like mm-hmm. I... If I don't have it, I'm going to make unhealthy choices. And so I, you know... I so I have to be, you know, mm-hmm. I have to be for my own health, and you know that affects everybody around me. Because if I don't get what I need, and I'm unhappy, mm-hmm. then everybody else is going to suffer for it, you mm-hmm. know. And and not not that I mean to be that way. It's just that that's what happens, you know. Mm-hmm. I just I, because it, it puts me in a bad place when I'm not getting my needs met. So mm-hmm. I have to be open to it. I have, you know, something I need. I've got to get it. Okay. Yeah. And I, and I think that with what he's saying, it's there are there are things that people have looked at. Say, for example, when I know that I have, I knew that I had gay feelings. Well, the simple answer to that is just go be gay and and let everything whatever. But I wasn't gay because I was born that way. I was gay because of all these causative factors. You know, the nurture in my life. And so, th- rather than going for the simple answer. <coughs> We went for the difficult answer of knowing we need physical touch. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make us gay. It just makes us human. Right. We need physical touch. We need relationship. And so rather than to push the simple button, the easy button, gay, we have to build relationships with real men. Mm-hmm. We have to build relationships with, with men who we're not romantically involved with. But that puts us in this place where walking out of homosexuality is probably the hardest thing I did because you don't have the easy button of being gay and you don't have the easy button of being straight and you don't have the easy button of just hand, handing it all to God. You, There are physical things that you have to set up, boundaries you have to set up, lists you have to make in order to walk that walk because you know it's what God's called you to do. And so for me, mm-hmm. if I don't have time with men in the real world, I'll have time with men in pornography. Mm. Um, and that's just, you know, judge me if you want, heifer, but, you know, open up your own sins and tell me what they are. But like for me, mm-hmm. like I know if I don't fill my life with positive interactions, if I don't fill it and, and am purposeful about it, then I'll go back to the microwave version of one or the other, you know? Right. So the physical part for me is something that I need for affirmation. I need for connection. It, it the way the reason I am the way that I am is because if I were any other way, I would be out in the world with the gay people and doing what they're doing and living that life and being miserable with it. But 
having a level of touch that's always at my disposal, you know, rather than having to, you know, that there's, there are times I just am physically exhausted at the end of the week because I've, I've scheduled meetings and I've scheduled coffee with people and, and, and it's great because I have a great, I have great interactions, Mm -hmm. but there are days that you just want to sit in your living room and people pursue you. But, you know, Publix doesn't deliver groceries because they see a list in my head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I need to fill out a form. I need to, right. <laughs> you know, pay for it. And and so that's like with this relationship, walking out of homosexuality it has been one of the toughest things because if you don't structure your life, and not a lot of people want to do that, and they think I'm ridiculous for doing it, but if I don't structure my life right, there's the pull of the enemy to just go get a freebie, you know, and just do the microwave version of life and get what you need quickly. Hmm. So, that's all I got. Sorry, yeah. soapbox done. I get on a lot of soapboxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's me. Is that next question valid? The oh, gosh, them? I don't even know. How can you change or find a healthier way of embracing physical touch? How can I you I think change? it's valid for me. Sure, I could just be more open to it. I could be the initializer of giving out hugs. But it, but here's the thing. For me, I need it. If you don't need it and you're fine, then why go get it? Like, why why pursue something for a need that's not there. Does that make sense? Right. If you don't have a need for it or if it's not something – I don't think you're broken and weird. I just think there are a lot of people who don't like touch. Mm-hmm. I'm broken and weird that I need it <laughs> because of where I came from. you know. Um, and, and for me – and one of my friends came – he was a missionary. Uh, his parents were missionaries. And physical touch for him with the men in the tribe – like he was a young kid and he was being molested by people in the tribe overseas – and physical touch for him and connection with men meant sexual sexual touch. Mm-hmm. So he, from the age of 9 to 17, that's how he learned men communicate with one another. Well, I learned men communicate with one another by not communicating. Mm-hmm. So it just depends on how we're raised. Like for him, he's got to reevaluate what, what physical touch should be. And for me, I have to, you know, evaluate that physical touch is okay. You know, and the people who don't think it's okay – are fine as long as they don't think I'm a horrible person for doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I think we're just in a grass is greener on the other side than between you and I because yeah. you see it as, oh, you're fine, and I see it as, well, you're healthy because mm-hmm. I think you're healthier than I am as far as... Let's just hug it out. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. Hug me. Hug me. Good, good answer. Good yeah. answer. Yeah. What's that on the board? Number one. Hug it out. Yeah. Uh, what advice do you have to offer to both ends of the touchy-feely spectrum? Mm, that's a good question. What advice do you have to offer, Lewis? <laughs> uh, well, obviously, you know, be healthy about it. Right. Understand yourself. I mean, the, you know, the I think the most valuable thing that comes to this podcast for you and I or, any, or, or Adam or anybody that sits in about it is the ability – the ability to further understand yourself, know yourself, right? right? Because mm-hmm. by knowing yourself, you know your strengths and your weaknesses and how to avoid pitfalls. Right. Well, and I think <clears throat> in addition to knowing yourself is knowing how, I mean, knowing how to gauge other people, mm-hmm. you know, what they need, what yeah. they want. The immediate thought that just came to mind is like for me, if, if I get a hug or I get affection from someone, from a man who resembles somebody like my dad or, or resembles somebody like 
Like, like I thought today, I saw this guy, and he had a really big frame, and he had really big arms, but I know him from SeaWorld, and he's dumb as a stump. And, but, you know, and that's not a, that's not a judgment call. He's just not bright, you know, and he doesn't make good decisions. But when I look at him, I see a man like America sees a man. He's football player status. You know, he's like big and strong and whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's like when I get a hug from somebody like that, it's just like it's a comfort. It's a comforting hug. And so I, I would say this, you know, if you're pursuing, if you're pursuing illegitimate touch or, or illegitimate like connection with people as, mm-hmm. as far as touch is concerned, whether it's sensuous massages or long hugs or holding one another, you know, realize that those hugs aren't going to meet your need. They're going to create a deficit to just want more of that. And so you'll never really get your need met. You'll just create a bigger need. And so why are you, why do you hug this person? Do you hug them just because they're your friend? Okay, we can stop there. But if you're hugging that person and getting something sensual out of it or something that you, you're longing for, like you wait to see them and you're like, oh, I can't wait to get a hug from them. Mm. You know? No, because I've no, been, I know, no, I'm I've just been thinking, there. I'm you thinking know? of the youth group as well. The what? Oh, Our yeah. Time at the youth group. The youth group. I mean, yeah. there, were, there were a couple <laughs> of uh, uh, opportunistic huggers oh there were yeah Yeah. Yeah. there's still at at, in my life i have some opportunistic huggers and i really just i avoid hugs with them and i've been pretty vocal about it hey this is not going to be in our wheelhouse because you're you're taking something out of this that um that i don't want you to have and so i i think my advice is just my advice is to be self-aware. Be more self-aware because at the end of the day, if your needs get met, you're going to wake up feeling satiated rather than feeling a drive to go get something that wasn't in, that you need, you know. And if you can wake up feeling and, – and, you know, this is a Christian podcast, so you should wake up being fulfilled in the Lord. You know, right. the Bible says his mercies are new every morning. So you should wake up being fulfilled in the Lord – but if you're doing things in your life that create a need that rests there overnight and jumps on you, you know, when you wake up, then you got to be more self-aware and, and realize that you're just creating more trouble for yourself rather than actually meeting a need. And that for me, like that was my whole gay life. It's like I would go out to try to feel attractive or I'd go out to try to feel needed or affirmed or, or connected or, a, you know, with these people and like in the morning I would just say wake up with guilt and wake up with a desire to do what I did last night all over again and it was just mm-hmm. a carnal desire it was never meeting any need mm-hmm. um, and I think for me that was one of the reasons I drank so much to try to drown out that guilt to try to drown out the need uh, it was a reason I was always the life of the party because you, I was getting attention through that mm-hmm. uh, and now it's like there are days that I can gauge what I need. You know, do I need a drink of water? Do I need to go to the Word? Do I actually need time with my friends? Or do I need time alone? Mm-hmm. You know, and Jesus did all these things. Mm-hmm. Jesus knew when to pull away. Jesus knew when to get in a boat and preach <laughs> because there would be too much crowd on, mm-hmm. on the, the shore. And and I think if we're living a life that is, you know, connected to Jesus and, and that is after Jesus' heart, you know, I think about him and the disciples that were, one of the disciples was reclining on, on him, you know, mm-hmm. like there was touch in the Bible. And so if I can stomach 
you know, the judgment of the world and continue to do what I do and get my needs met, then, then that's the thing. But if the judgment of the world supersedes my need and then I decide to get my need met in private, then that's a whole other thing, you know? Well, that's just the yeah. human condition, I think. Yeah. It, you know, somebody may listen to what you've just shared and it's like, well, that I'm not in that category because I don't struggle right. with homosexuality. But mm-hmm. no, that applies to anybody. Being self-aware that, applies to every person yeah, on the planet. A husband that's not having his needs met by his wife or a wife that's not having her needs met by her husband right. who will go out and seek things illegitimately or even a single person who's just not getting their needs met and they're going to find it somewhere. Right, mm-hmm. because no. we can't as a society sit and tell somebody what our needs are because that's too narcissistic or we can't tell somebody what our needs are because we're too needy. Mm-hmm. And and I've just like, you know, I I, I think for me... I've, I got a text today from a friend that says, I tend to be too brutally honest with people, and I know that I used to be that person. And now, like, he, here's the thing for me. Are you trying to make sure everybody meets your needs and makes you comfortable? Mm-hmm. Or are you trying to push people towards God to get, get us all to a place where we can just get along? You know, so that the Holy Spirit then meets our needs or tells us, hey, that's not a need. That's a brokenness, and you need to get that fixed. You know, um, so yeah, it's not my job to police the world anymore. Um, it's not my job to tell people what they're doing that makes me uncomfortable. It's my job to say, why does that make me uncomfortable? <clears throat> does it make me uncomfortable because it's, it's annoying? Or does it make me uncomfortable because five years ago, something I forgot about, you know, they're pushing a button, you know? And, and I, the next blog I'm writing is called Little Mirrors. And it's basically, God puts people in your life to reflect your crap when he you won't listen to him to say hey there's some crap in there he goes oh okay i'll just bring this person in to show you exactly what you look like to me mm-hmm. you know and it's been it's very it's it's very humbling over the course of ministry because you think you're really helping people and then god brings some someone along and what he's doing is using you as an example to them what not to do mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like oh thank you still get the paycheck though right. <laughs> <laughs> adam any advice to offer oh god um, keep your hands to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> That's always a good one. I like that. <laughs> always seems to work. Yes. Yeah. We won't need any of that bacterial hand spray if you just keep your hands to yourself. Oh, yeah. No, I did a on everything that, I mean, he kind of covered it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's fine. Well, we hope we made you think, as always. Uh, if you want to reach us, we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash wolfsheeppod. Uh, you can reach me, email 4cslewis, L-U-I-S, at gmail.com. Matthew? Uh, you can reach me at bigfishministry at gmail.com, or you can read my blog at mattywalk.com, M-A-T-T-I-E-W-A-L-K.com. And you can reach me at littlefish for bigfish at gmail dot com. Or that's fun. Yeah, that's <laughs> new. Yeah, or you can um, find my Facebook page, Adam Parker. And Adam, you're staying in. Orlando. I'm staying in Orlando. And if you want to help support Adam on his stay, I will take your money. Please do so. He's, <laughs> he's a good guy. We'll vouch for him. Uh, where can they? Help support you at um, right now. It's uh, PayPal.com forward slash Adam Parker is the easiest and most accessible way to partner financially. And we're not begging you for money. We're just asking. If you feel tugged, 
in your heart to hey speak for yourself i'm i'm <laughs> not opposed to begging we're, we're pulling for hugs for <laughs> hugs for cash yeah. hugs for cash <laughs> i'm selling my hugs so from right. Luis Cavado, matthew walker and adam parker this is wolf sheep